Welcome to the Renaissance Church Podcast. Our mission is to glorify God and to make disciples by bringing the gospel into all of life in all the earth. This is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church here in Richmond, Texas. And if you've not joined us in a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we would love to have you join us. You can find out more information at rin-church.org. And I pray that you are encouraged and edified by the proclamation of God's word today. Now, I know right now you're kind of checking me out and I'm kind of checking you out. And so we're kind of trying to figure out how's this dance going to go. And because you don't really know us and we don't really know you. So we're kind of we're kind of doing that get to know you dance. But I'm going to ask you, just put all that aside for just the next few minutes, because I believe God put something in my heart for you guys this morning that I think is not because I'm saying it, but I believe it's a word from heaven that's going to help propel you into something amazing that God has planned and prepared for you. Are you ready for that? If you are, say amen. Amen. Say yep. Okay, great. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to get there in just a minute, so turn in your Bible or turn on your Bible, whichever one you do, digitally or analog. My wife doesn't think it's a real Bible if it doesn't have paper attached to it, so I'm going to read out of a not real Bible, I guess, because mine is digital this morning. But one of the things that God's allowed us to do in the last 35 years or so as I've traveled to 65 nations. I've flown 4.2 million air miles. I don't know how many trips around the earth that is, but it's a lot. Um, with with uh, American Airlines should owe me a lot more than they give me. But anyway, and in getting to do that, I've got to experience the body of Christ globally. And one of the things that really gets me excited whether I'm in the underground church in Southeast Asia or I'm in Europe or I'm in Africa, I'll be in Africa a week after next, whether I'm in a a village somewhere or in an inner city, everywhere you go, there's destiny everywhere. And and I believe that everybody should have um, life verses. I have two. I'm about to read one of mine to you. The other one's Ephesians 3.20. But I get excited when I think about potential, or you could say prophetic destiny, prophetic promise, the promise and potential, the seed that God has placed on the inside of every individual, I don't care where you come from, I don't care what your background is, I don't care what you've been through, I promise you that if you're breathing today, God has put inside of you a seed of prophetic potential. We, we see in, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Now, I grew up being told this was a heaven scripture. It's for the sweet by and by, you know, the pie in the sky, the sweet by and by. And then I realized this is for where I'm at right now because I need some ham where I am in the nasty now and now. I don't just need pie in the sky in the sweet by and by. I need something right here. And so this scripture, I don't believe, is about Aunt Bertha when she gets to heaven. I think this scripture is about each one of us every day that we live. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared 
Somebody say prepared. God is prepared for those who love him, but God, two biggest words in the Bible. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that we have been freely given, that have been freely given to us by God. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in the spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, watch this, does not receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So this text tells us that there are things... I would call it your prophetic destiny. I would call it your prophetic promise. I would call it your God potential. But there are things that God has prepared for every person alive, but there's some things that we need to know about these things. Because if we're honest, all of us could say that we're not experiencing all the things that God has prepared, so I maybe need to learn some things about the things so I can have the things. Because there's some things I don't know about the things, or maybe I would have more of the things. Are you with me? So I'm just going to give you a few things about the things. First of all, your prophetic destiny needs a revelation. It must be revealed. It, or you could say they, because God has more than one thing prepared for you. You need a revelation. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a revelation. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you really need a revelation. <laughs> See, there are things that this text said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. So God has stuff that you have no frame of reference for. Do you know there are things that are going to happen in the life of this church that you've never thought of? It's beyond your wildest dream. We set up and tore down for eight and a half years. We, we looked for a building. We tried to buy buildings. We tried to buy land. We tried to do everything. New people come to our church and say, why don't we just buy a building? Like we never thought of that. <laughs> oh, thank you. We're so dumb, we never thought that we could own something. Hello. And, 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 and so we tried, but it just wouldn't happen. Why? Because God had a building that, that when we got to this building, it, the church was 98 years old. They had built uh, four buildings. The newest one was about 10 years old. And it was, the, it was a different style of church than, than we did church. So I would have never picked this building. But God, before we were ever a church, God built a church to have a built, which the church is not the building. We know that. So I'm talking about a building. So before we were ever a body, 
God prepared a building. Before we were ever a family, God prepared a building to put our family in, to put our home in, a, a house for our, our family to grow in as a, as a community of faith. But we he couldn't give it to us because it wasn't time. So God prepares things before you were ever born. God prepared some stuff for you, but then he hides it. He doesn't hide it from you, he hides it for you. It's kind of like Easter eggs. We just celebrated Easter. And, and we ha now have two grandchildren. We have one on the way, so we're about to have a third grandchild. And we love being grandparents. Any grandparents in the house? It's the greatest thing ever. Like if you could just skip kids and go straight to grandkids, it's awesome. So, so we love our grandkids, and our oldest grandson is, is oldest grandchild is four. Our youngest is about eighteen months, and and the way they hunt eggs is very different. So, for the eighteen month old, you have to put them out there like where she can really see them, and she just goes up and walks right by them, <laughs> carrying her basket. My my grandson, he's learned the art of it. So he was doing one egg hunt with his cousins. And, and, and so his uncle was coaching him up and said, look, go, they're going to all stop here. Go to the far end. And so he ran to the other side and he comes back with all these, uh, all these eggs. The thing is, when we hide the eggs, we're not hiding the eggs from the kids. We're hiding the eggs for the kids. The whole point is for them to find them. God has hidden things not because he doesn't want you to have them. It's because they're for an appointed season, an appointed time, and he wants to go on the journey of helping you discover what those things are. He's hiding them from you. My, my grandmother was a great cook. And she made the best pies ever. And she knew I loved her coconut cream pie and her chocolate cream pie. I was the youngest cousin at the time. Others came later, but, but there was a period where all my older cousins would eat all the pie and I would get none. And they would bully me. And because they were bullying me, no pie for Dwayne. And so, so my grandmother learned this, so she would make an extra pie and hide it, not from me, it was hidden from my cousins for me. <laughs> and when they weren't there, grandma would give me my pie, and I was in heaven. Do you know Daddy God has some things that he has prepared? Father God has prepared some stuff for you, and it, and, and it may be things you have no frame of reference for. It may be some, can you imagine God doing something you have no point of reference for? Like Noah, hey Noah, build an ark. What's an ark? It's a boat. What's a boat? It's a thing that floats on, on water when it rains. What's rain? You're about to find out. And Noah had to listen and obey God 
to build something he did not understand what he was building. And I came to prophesy to Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas, that God is causing you as a family and as a community to build something that you may have no frame of reference for, but it's something that's in the heart of God for this community that's going to change literally the people around you, but parts of the world are going to be changed because of your obedience and because you're building something that you don't even know what you're building yet. I'm preaching better than you're responding. I'm acting like I'm at home, so just forgive me. I'm, I'm very ornery. Uh, can, I, can I get a volunteer? I need, I need a, is there any teenagers in here? Is there a teenager? I need a teenager. Teenager that'll volunteer? Are you going to be voluntold? Okay, he volunteered right back there. Come on. Come on up here. All right. All right, give him a big hand. So, so what's your name? Will. Will? Um, do you know this guy? Yes. Jason. Yeah, you know Jason. All right, Jason, can, can you help me? So, so um, Jason, take him back around there somewhere, put this over his head where he can't see it, okay? Or can't, not, can't, see, can't see me, can't see anything, all right? So just take him back there, take him back and, and get him kind of lost. Um, spin him around a couple of times, don't get him drunk, but, but spin him around a time or two. And uh, yeah, anywhere in there, get him where he doesn't know what he's doing, all right? Now then, um, Nobody say what this is, but I have something prepared for, was it Will? Yeah, I have something prepared for Will. How many of you would like what I had prepared for Will? Just shout if you would like this yourself. Okay. But the thing is, he, his eye hasn't seen it. His ear hasn't heard it. He has no idea. But yeah, don't choke him there. You're the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman, remember. So Jason is playing the Holy Spirit as a huge stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but I needed a volunteer, so he was willing and on the front row, so I, I, I got him. So, so here's the thing. I have prepared something that Will doesn't know about. But this text says that, that we get a revelation by the Spirit. So we have to listen to the Spirit more than we listen to the natural because it says the natural man can't receive the things of God. Only the spirit can receive the things of God. So, so I'm hoping Will knows Jason's voice because in a moment, I'm going to count to three and I want everyone to yell at Will and try to distract him as best you can. Try to tell him to go the wrong way. Try to stop him. And, and, and Will, I want you to listen to Jason's voice because he's going to be like the Holy Spirit and he's going to talk in your ear and do what Jason says. Tune everybody else out. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Go for it. Turn left. 
okay, now then, he's in the right place, but he still needs a? Thank you. He still needs a? He still needs a? So Holy Spirit, give him a revelation. See, Will, come back up here, Will. I want to ask you a couple questions. Come back up here. Come back up here. Run, 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 run. I don't have much time. Dude, I gave you 100 bucks. Run. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Now, now, tell everybody, when you woke up this morning, you were brushing your teeth, getting ready for church. I assume you brushed your teeth. Um, you're getting ready for church. Did you think, I'm going to go to church, and this preacher that I have never heard of before is going to give me a C note? No. Didn't like, like just come to you in a vision. No. You didn't think, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing, did you help set up today at church? Did you help with any of that? A uh, little bit. A little bit, okay. You look like a setup guy to me. So, you know, when you're setting up, just there is no point, even when I ask you to volunteer, you didn't know what you were volunteering for, did you? No. Are you glad you did? Yes. Are you glad you came to church? Yes. Okay, don't forget to tithe on that. Give him a hand. <laughs> so, so what he did not have a revelation of was hindering him. How many times has God prepared something that we don't have a frame of reference for and because we don't have a frame of reference for it, when it presents itself, we're not certain what God is requiring so we keep our hand down. We're not certain what he's asking of us, so we say, I'm not sure. But I've come to tell you, God has something for you that you have never thought about. But if you'll get in his presence, he will reveal it. Holy Spirit will reveal it. If you'll just listen, if you'll be available, if you'll get in the right place, Holy Spirit will reveal it. And at the right time, it will change your day at least. So every day with Jesus is like one big Easter egg hunt. You're just waking up going, where are the Easter eggs today? Where are the miracles today? See, it's got to be revealed. The second thing is it's got to be received. I've done this literally all over the world, people young and old, crowds of 12 and crowds of 12,000. And it's amazing the different responses. Sometimes when they're smaller kids, they just go and walk off. Sometimes I've had kids sit and look at their parents like, can I take that? Because I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble if I take that money from this preacher. Will looked at it. His eyes got big, big smile on his face. So he was excited about what he saw but he didn't possess anything yet. And I had to sit there and go. And then he like, oh, okay, you want me to take that? I think that's such a beautiful picture of how we interact with God. 
I don't care if we're 16 or 76. God has things he wants to give us. Listen, sometimes it's harder for those of us that have been around a while because we think we've seen everything. Can I promise you that God always has something new up his sleeves? He's got really big sleeves. And he's always got something more in store. But we've got to receive it. Part of receiving it is he had to get in the right position. To get in the right position, he had to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit more than everyone else's voice. How many times are the voices affecting us? Why? Because voices determine choices. The voices I'm listening to, if I'm listening to a news station more than I'm listening to the Word of God, if I'm listening to a political pundit more than I'm listening to, to, to the Holy Spirit, I'm probably going to wind up lost because those voices are telling me there's a lot of voices in the world. The Holy Spirit's always leading me to the right place. Listen, my assignment is always linked to my alignment. I'll only find the right assignment when I get myself in the right alignment. See, I had prepared this thing, but when he was out of position, he couldn't receive it. So I've got to get in the right place. Another thing we have to realize about receiving it is that, that to receive my prophetic destiny, sometimes it comes instantly, like just happened there. But sometimes it's a process. And actually, even for him, it was a process because there was a process to get from where he was to where he needed to be. And we did that in a matter of a few minutes. But can you imagine what if that's days or weeks or months or years? Because there's some things God will promise you. And the journey to get there, it may be like you go through all of the chairs and back outside in the hall and then get detoured and, and finally end up in the right position. But I've come to encourage you just keep going because the journey is worth it. We don't like process in America. I mean, think about it. That's why fast food is so popular. I want my nuggets and I want them now. I mean, Chick-fil-A can have three a line wrapped around 17 times the building, and I know they're still going to get it to me faster than anybody else. And so I get in that line. Why? Because I want it fast. But how many of you know that God's not microwaving your miracle? God, God is marinating your miracle. He's not microwaving your miracle. I don't want a microwave miracle. I want a marinated miracle. And if anybody knows the difference in steak coming out of a microwave and steak coming that's been marinated and slow cooked... You know what I'm talking about. I'm from Texas, so my metaphors are steak. <laughs> it's a process. I, I think we don't like process because we kind of live in this microwave society. But also, I think we don't like process because we're not convinced that the prize is worth the price say, what do you mean? Well, it costs me something to wait. It costs me something to go through the journey that's necessary 
And I'm not always convinced that the prize is worth the price. Chris said that we lived in England when our kids were little 20 years ago. 20 years ago, uh, this year, we moved to England. We lived there for two years. And so go think back 20 years ago in America, you just went to a theater. You didn't do like we do now. Go online, pick a seat, decide where you're going to go. That was a foreign concept to Americans. But in England, they had started doing that. You couldn't do it on your phone, but you did it on the Internet. And so, so I didn't realize this, so we love to go to the movies. So Chris and I went to go to the movies in Lincoln, England, there's only one movie theater, so we get there, and I want to buy tickets because I'd seen the trailer, and the trailer had motivated me to go to the movie. Do you know your destiny, or excuse me, prophecy is to your destiny what a trailer is to a movie? It's an invitation to the divine. It's an invitation to a journey. So, so prophecy is just the trailer to the movie, and the trailer got me going. So, so I, I get there, and I said, I want two tickets for such and such movie. And they said, oh, it's, it's all booked up. It's all right. And I said, what? I said, I'm here early. Like, we're going to go eat dinner and come back. I thought I was there way early. And they said, no, no you have to book online. It's all sold out. It's all right. And I said, oh, rat bag. And so we didn't go to the movie. So I went home, went online, tried again. A day or two later, we go back, we've got our tickets. And so I thought, I'm going to be a good date. I'm going to buy my wife some refreshments. You know, first experience at the movie. Oh, and, and like in where I came from, if one movie was sold out, there's 10 others you could go, you know, 10 other theaters. This one, no, there's one. There's one in the whole city of 120,000 people, one movie theater. And so we come back, and I've got my tickets. I'm so excited. I'm going to buy some popcorn. And I said, can I have some popcorn? And they said, would you like sweet or savory? I said, what? They said, would you like sweet popcorn or savory popcorn? Well, back then, we only had one kind of popcorn. I said, I just want the kind you eat. Maybe put some butter on it. So then I said, I, I, and they said, well, sorry, we're out of savory. You'll have to have sweet. Well, I, why did you ask? So I get the sweet popcorn, and then, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas, so I'm a Dr. Pepper guy. Dr. Pepper is the nectar of heaven. Pepsi, however, is the nectar of Satan. There's only one thing worse than Pepsi. Can you guess what it is? Bingo! And so I said, I knew they didn't have Dr. Pepper because that was going to be way too big of a stretch of the imagination. So I said, can I have some Coke? They said, we don't have any Coke. We have Pepsi. I said, I really didn't want Hell's Venom, but I'll take it. And they said, oh, but sorry, we only have Diet Pepsi. <laughs> this is going from bad to worse. So I buy Diet Pepsi. And then I think, surely, I, I like peanut M&M's. So I thought, surely they can't screw up peanut M&M's. So, so I get some peanut M&M's. They happen to have those. And I go to check out. And when they told me how much it was, I had to sell a vital organ. <laughs> My firstborn child was in the negotiations. 
to pay. I was like, I'm not negotiating to buy the theater. I want Hell's Venom, nasty sweet popcorn, and a few peanut M&Ms. Why do I need a mortgage to pay for this? That's how expensive it was. I paid for it because I'm a good date. And I probably complained because I wasn't a good date. And we go to sit down in the whole theater. And it was sold out a couple nights before. But this time, nobody in the theater but us and, and two other couples or pairs of people, two here and two there. And we're in the middle. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in the middle of those people. So I'm going to get up and sit wherever I want to. And Chris says, you sit right here. That's, it's an assigned seat. I said, but the whole theater's empty. I'm an American. She said, but you live in England. Sit down. And so I listened to the voice of the Lord, and I sat down. And while I'm sitting there, you know, the only thing that really gets me in a movie is when people talk and ask questions. Just watch the film. If you have questions, be silent in the movie theater. It's a scripture. Ask later. It's in, it's in, it's in Timothy, I'm sure of it, Third Timothy. Paul had instructions about this. But this woman, they're sitting next to me, chewing her popcorn very loudly, asking questions of her friend the entire time. And, and I was very ill about it. Finally, we get into the, the I'm, I'm so agitated. We get in the film, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was amazing. And at the end, they advertised there as a sequel. And I got up, and I said, I can't wait to see the next one. Why? Because the end was worth the beginning. The prize was worth the prize. Some of you have been through hell and back. Some of you have paid a great price that's not as funny as my England movie story. It's cost you. It's frustrated you. It's tried to get you to quit. But I promise you, if you'll just keep watching, it's worth it. It's worth it. Jason, can you come to the keys? I've got... Just two more things I'm going to tell you so quickly. It's going to blow your mind how fast I do these. The third thing we need to realize about our destiny, it's got to be revealed, it's got to be received, and that receiving is a process, it's a journey. Then it's got to be released. You say, what do you mean it's got to be released? See, in the process phase, God's released something to me prophetically, but I have to release something back to God and it's called faith. Faith is always an action, and the first act of faith is speaking. Paul said in Corinthians that, quoting David, David said, I believe, therefore I speak. And, David, and Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak. There are some things that God's going to promise this house that seem audacious. They seem outrageous. They seem over the top and more than we could imagine. But if we'll dare to release those out of our mouth, if we'll dare to declare the prophetic over our lives, if we'll dare to speak what God has spoken, then eventually, number four, it will be realized. 
It'll move. It'll shift. Finally, it'll shift from the unseen to the seen. It'll shift from, from, from being in that realm where we can't see it in the natural, we only see it in the spirit, to being seen in the natural. It will be realized. This morning when I was sitting in my chair praying before I came, I just kept hearing the Lord say, tell them it's bigger than they think. It's bigger than you think. Can you just close your eyes for a moment? you feel comfortable doing so maybe just turn your hands up to heaven like you're in a receiving posture just say Jesus give me a revelation of heaven he's pulling back the curtain of heaven right now and he's revealing some things thanks for listening to this episode of the renaissance church sermon podcast to support our work you can like share subscribe or you can donate at rin-church.org